Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, we want to check to see how you're doing today. We're doing good. It's been a good week. Uh, we're going to take a little different turn. I realized last week after listening to the podcast that we'd put online, I, I realized that I was talking a lot and I was really kind of praying about that of why was I talking a lot and what, what God really showed me was most of the big issues come from me. The beginning part was I was the one with the most issues. I was the one not saying she's perfect and she is now. That's kind of how I'm taking it. (laughs) um, At the time, you know, it was one of those things to where um, really I brought a lot of baggage in that I didn't realize at the time. And, and as I was listening to last week's podcast, um, there was really some clarifications that God showed me of things that needed to be dealt with. Um, our counselor told us, and I don't know that there's any factual basis for this, so you guys take it however you want to, but he told me the person that is willing to leave and is wanting to leave the relationship is not the problem. It's the person that's still there. And, you know, I really, I was kind of already in that camp anyway that, because he really led us to deal with our own and see where God's taking us. But what I realized after time is that I was 75% of the problem. She was 25%. I'm not not giving her free and clear here because nobody's perfect and nobody's perfect in a relationship. But really, the 75% was me, and it really come from the thoughts in my head and me not dealing with them and, and honestly me not talking to anybody about what's truly going on. And this week we started a men's study, 33, and it really kind of hit me that, you know, I was never at a place to where I could really talk to someone honestly. Um, Owning a small business, you learn not to say certain things. Um, Being in church, you learn not to say certain things. And so all of a sudden, you end up in this place where there's there's no one to talk to and be really honest with um and at this point in time i my thoughts is everybody ought to go through good christian counseling because until you're willing to see who you really are and let god work through that then honestly you're broken and if you're not broken then there's brokenness in you that you're unaware of that you've buried. Um, Because that's the way it was with me. I thought everything was fine, thought we had a good marriage. Looking back, um, really the turning point was uh, my mother getting Alzheimer's. Um, We worked together for 15 years seen her every day. Um, she was a rescuer. 
She come to my rescue every time. There was times looking back, I wish she'd have said, hey, get out of the office and go fight with your wife. You two need to hash this out. That didn't happen. And so really my emotional connection I had with my mother was she was the only one I felt like I could kind of talk to. Um, and then she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, which, you know, I don't know if you've been through Alzheimer's, but I can tell you it's a horrible, horrible disease for the family that's left. Um, it, it really rocked my foundation to the core. It, it made me change who I was because it was, um, kind of like in James, I, I was, a I was like the waves. I was just tossing. My anchor was gone. I had no more anchor because my anchor was in my mom, not in Christ. And, you know, it, it she was a wonderful woman. And if there was anybody that would pray for you, it was her. I mean, she, she was a prayer warrior. She was great. Um, but she also had her flaws. And what happened with Alzheimer's, the problem with Alzheimer's is you, you grieve a little bit every day because you lose them every day. And so when, when you start looking at it from the perspective of that, there was a period of probably 10 years um, that I was just sailing along trying to survive. Um, because the worse it got, the less I could talk to her. And uh, so really that put me in a tailspin of, okay, now what do I do? It's another hurt. Um, it wasn't her fault. She didn't try to get it. It, it just is life. And um, so when, when that started, then I went into overemphasizing protecting myself from getting hurt. Um, which comes from unforgiveness and not willing to deal with things. And so I started being more concerned about what everybody else was doing to make sure I didn't get hurt than I was really about me. Something I might add real quick. When David said he was like in a tailspin and, you know, you go through day-to-day -day stuff, you don't realize at the time that you're going through that tailspin or that you're dealing with things not right you just deal with things the way that you get up you go throughout your day as things come at you you just deal with them and at the time um, that all this was kind of going on yes we were going to church and yes we would allow God in at certain times whenever we things got really bad um, but you don't something that I think is just important to point out is a lot of times you don't realize what you're doing because it just comes naturally. You Absolutely. are generally just going through each and every day trying to get through the day, not recognizing, hey, this might be a factor. Hey, this might be a factor. And so I just think that um, if we, the more we pay attention to kind of what's going on and slow down a little bit, then we can recognize these bad habits or bad patterns or things that are making us, you know, not make the best decisions. Well, and, and you know, and 
not throwing fault here, but I couldn't see it. And if nobody called me out on it, I had no idea. Because just like Susan said, it's like breathing. It becomes part of you. You, uh, yes, you know things are a little different, but you can't put your finger on what they are. Um, and really, I, you know, dealing through mom was a tough, I still deal with it today. Um, and she's been gone three and almost a half years. Um, it really is a struggle. Um, but if you look at that period of time, that's, that period of time was when I amplified everything. Didn't matter drinking, didn't matter. It was whatever I could do to avoid who I was. Um, because I didn't want to deal with reality. Um, there was a lot of hurt in the middle that I'd never dealt with. There was times, uh, Xbox players and Playstations, don't take offense, I, mm-hmm. I, it's just true. What I found was I would use those to remove myself from reality. Get, get so involved in the game that I didn't have to think about my life. Same way with TV and movies. There was a point in time when it, when it was the worst, I would stay up till two o'clock in the morning. We had dish. I, out of the 600 channels, I would try to find something that wasn't an infomercial or something of that nature and watch it because I didn't want to deal with tomorrow. I didn't want to go to sleep to have to deal with tomorrow. And looking back, I realized how directly mom was a pivotal point for me because it amplified all my hurt. It was almost like all of a sudden it was all twice as big as what it was. Now, let's throw that into marriage and trying to figure this out. I'm staying up till 2 o'clock in the morning, getting up and going to work, being there at 8. I'm completely exhausted working sometimes during that stretch I would be working 12 hours a day six seven days a week and just exhausting myself further and further and actually I got to the point the workaholic parts I never really was but it was during that time because I wanted to focus on something other than my life which means I disconnected even further from Susan and distanced and where she wouldn't call me out or have the discussion, then it was one of those things that we just kind of dealt with each other's roommates going through the time. And it really got to the point to where, yes, we still loved each other, but it wasn't a, there was no real connection. It was more, what do we got to do to get through life? My question is, are you there? If your spouse is wanting to leave, the first thing you have to ask is, Lord, show me what needs to change in me. What is going on? You can point the finger at everybody and you can blame everybody else. But at the end of the day, it's going to be you by yourself. Well, and something um, David said that I wouldn't call him out on anything. And that's that was part of our problem that I didn't realize at the time. And I, I understand that there are two different types of women, I guess, if you want to go there. Um, 
I am very much a people pleaser. I do not like conflict. So I had a lot of thoughts in my head and a lot of things that I wanted to say. And some of them probably God kept me from saying because they weren't very nice. But what that created was I, I did a lot of the silent treatment. And so he had no idea why, you know, why I, what was going on with me. And we kept just getting further and further apart. And like he said, we just kind of lived as roommates. We would get up, we would go to work, we would come home, eat, go to bed. I'd go to bed, he'd stay up. Really wouldn't have much conversation because I never wanted to hurt his feelings. I never wanted him to be um, disappointed. I never wanted him to dot, dot, dot instead of just having the conversation. And what we realized, again, through counseling, is when you, you don't have to be ugly to call somebody out on something. Um, what you can say is, when you did this, this is how it made me feel. Because you can't argue that. The, you, the other person can't argue how you feel. It is just what it is. Um, but if they don't know what's going on or if you don't um, share with them what's going on, they have no idea. They don't know that it's bothering you. He had some pretty good clues um, just because I'm great at the silent treatment. But um, he just, and he would never ask, you know, if he did ask what was going on, I'd say, oh, nothing. Because again, I didn't want that conflict. So it's very important to learn how to communicate so that you can have a conversation back and forth and get to a point where um, whatever he, he or she knows what's going on and then you can resolve it. Because if you don't know what the problem is, there's no resolution. Well, and you know, the silent treatment, yes, you knew something was wrong. Um, in, in all honesty, during that period, I can definitely say I was the one that I had to be right. But it was, as she smiles, um, I had to be right because I had been wrong and hurt, been hurt so many times, it had driven me to the point that I didn't have a choice. It really didn't feel it was who I was because I have nothing else to base it off of. Um, I didn't, you know, I, this is bad to say. It's true. I didn't really understand what Jesus's love was. I knew what the church's love was and people's love, but I didn't really understand Christ's love. And so in turn, not having that, I couldn't love her the way she needed to be loved. So I did what I felt was best. And I was, at the time, even if we got in an argument, it never was an argument because she would shut down fairly quickly. I knew she was mad. I also knew she'd sleep on it and it'd be okay in a day or two. That's the truth. So I've you kind of assume they get fixed along the way when they don't. They just get added to the crap pile. Uh, our counselor told me I have a crap bucket where everything in life that I can't deal with goes in that crap bucket. And then once it gets full, it'll take a pebble for it to splash over. I definitely can see that in my life. 
I, mom filled my crap bucket completely full when that all went down. And so I, I was very volatile at the time. And, uh, and I, I apologize to all the guys that I worked with over those years because I was tough to work for. And I know that now. At the time, I had no idea. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. So I apologize to anyone that worked with us during that period that I was harsh with. Um, it really had nothing to do with you. It was about me. And, uh, you know, it's tough to know who you are. It's scary. Because you come to realities that you don't like. And you really don't want to deal with. But if you don't deal with them, they only get worse. Um, I'm a firm believer. Conflict creates change. Our counselor said that. And I truly believe that. Um, there's good conflict and bad conflict. We never really learned how to fight. And fight so that it was successful for our relationship. We'd both get mad. We would both go our different ways. We'd never come back and resolve it. Because there was truth in there that we were not willing to acknowledge. Yes, we were married. Yes, we loved each other. And yes, we had three kids. And sometimes you have to focus on why you got married to begin with. And it was 19 years, so it wasn't like days ago. I mean, sometimes it's hard to remember we were dancing at Twisters, how much we enjoyed dancing together. There's things that we get so wrapped up in the surface issues of today that we never deal or look back to the past, to the really great times, and be willing to fight for those times again. If you want to stay married, it's a war. You have to win it every day and try to fight. There's days you're going to lose, but you don't stop fighting for it. And I think as, as a society, it's got to the point that it's easier to get divorced than it is to deal with your problems. And I'm, I'm very, very thankful. Um, and I tell guys that I work with, that at the end of the day, you know, you need to understand the changes you make today may not save your marriage, but it'll make you a better husband and dad for your next one. Because either way, you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to carry this baggage on to the next marriage. And so it's one of those things until you're willing to accept who you are and start working through and be allowed, because it is heartbreaking. I'll be honest with you. It's the hardest thing I've ever done by far is to realize who I really am and why. So it's kind of one of those things that um, you choose where you want to go and you only get to where you want to go. You don't want to deal with yourself? Good luck. If I wouldn't have dealt with myself, we'd be divorced. I'd have probably been married again and divorced again. Probably be sitting in a bar somewhere. Hard to say. I mean, it, it wouldn't have been a great outcome without Christ getting involved. It would have been a horrible heartbreaker. Well, and part of um, the surface issues are really kind of a key point because 
what we do is again go throughout our day and just deal with surface surface issues and a lot of times when i'm sharing with david something you know i work with some ladies or um try to help ladies in marriage crisis or whatever and what david always reminds me is okay what's that's just the surface issue whatever's going on is just the surface issue it's getting down into the core of what the real issue really is, whether it be unforgiveness or hurt from your childhood or past, um, whether it just be anger that you haven't dealt with. A lot of it is just, but a lot of times we don't want to go there because it's too painful. When in reality, that's what, by going there, that's what's going to get rid of the surface issue and help you deal with um, what's kind of underlying and honestly God is the one that heals those deep dark hurts yes. you have to trust that he can do it and you have to trust that he will do it but he won't do it if you don't seek him or ask him to do it you have to be he's a kind and loving God but he is not um, he's not rude he's not going to just kick in the door if you don't allow him if you don't open the door for him um, he wants you to come to him he wants you to rely on him and the only way to get rid of those deep-seated issues is to ask him to show you what they are and to heal you from them yeah most definitely the you know when you start talking about truth number one there's a lot of your version of the truth and someone else's version of the truth are usually two different truths. It doesn't mean either one's wrong or right. It's through the filters that of your past that you look through. So when you start talking about truth and truth not being good or bad, then what happens is you reach back in your past to a similar situation and bring the emotion into the current situation because it, you got to remember based off your past and unforgiveness you still are hanging on to all that in Matthew 6 something rather it's after the Lord's Prayer um, it I'm gonna paraphrase here but God says if you forgive others I will forgive you if you don't forgive others I won't forgive you that ought to scare every christian to the core of who they are because there there's so many people that hate currently in this environment presidential environment let's just i'm gonna touch on this lightly we got two different countries going right now and one side hates the other so very much i've got bad news they don't care and it will only hurt you I heard this one time, and it rings so very true to me. You know, it uh, doesn't matter which side you're on, whether you hate Trump or hate Joe Biden, it's irrelevant. But number one, number one, they don't even know you're mad at them. They don't care if you're mad at them. But what it'll fester inside of you, it's like you drinking poison expecting them to die. It only hurts you. Because unforgiveness for things in the past and not dealing with things as they go through um, is really 
one of my biggest things that I've realized is I hung on to so much of it. Then it affected every situation that come up from that moment on. It created a pattern. And if you look, life is patterns. You learn a pattern. And so you just keep doing that pattern. That's the truth we're talking about, not the surface issue. The surface issue is right now I'm mad at her. She did this, blah, 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 whatever the situation. But you're not willing to deal with the truth or own any of it. I deal with guys that say, well, it was kind of my fault, but she did dot, dot, dot. You're not owning anything. And that's when we start talking about what you need to own and who you really are. That's the part that you have to start owning. Because at the end of the day, you're still you. If you get married, you get divorced, you're still you. And if you don't have God, then you're by yourself. Um, I'm currently reading a book by Gary Smalley called I Promise, which I would highly recommend to married couples. I have, We even gave it to our both our daughters who are married um, for Christmas. But what he talks about in there is you can only change yourself. You cannot change anybody else. How you receive what somebody says to you is a choice you make. You can either receive it well or you can receive it poorly. It's your choice. And the only person that you can change is yourself. And I know several of you who are listening have probably heard, in if you've gone to any women's retreat or I'm sure men's retreat, um, about, you know, don't pray for God to change him or to change her. Um, you need to pray that God will change you. And often, often I pray, Lord, cha- how do help me to handle how he's acting or help me to receive what he's doing better than what's in my head. Um, and so I think if you keep in mind that you can't change another person. You can only change yourself. And a lot of the issues that bog you down and get you caught up, I say this often and I sing the Frozen song often, you got to let it go um, because you can't change them. You can pray about it, but pray that God changes you on how to receive it or deal with it. Well, that's what I was talking to one of the guys and his, they were having marital problems and, you know, uh, his wife was unhappy and talking about leaving. And I said, I have a question for you. As she's walking down the driveway away from you, how do you drag her back in the house and make her love you? You can't. You can only change who you are. And the more she can see Jesus's love through you because you've received it is the only way you can draw her back. Because I have bad news. You're broken and flawed. And there's no other way out of the situation without Christ. If you've got a magic pill, that's great. 
But what I can tell you is it's going to come back up. Because you can't deal with it with your own strength. You need God's strength to help you through it, deal with it, and figure out how to forgive them. Because if you don't forgive them, then you never let it go. You just built another wall to make sure people don't get close to you. So really it's one of those things that as you look at your life and what the disaster is and how it's everybody's fault other than yours, you need to know the only common denominator in this story is you. And the whole world's not against you. You're really against the whole world because you're looking through your filters of the past. Well, hey, we're going to wrap this episode up. And uh, I'm really excited to see where this podcast goes because it's, it's been fun already. I've really enjoyed it. And the thing is, love the day. It may not get any better. Have a great day.